In each city they will find the workers at their trade all united together into a guild, with a charter from the king or other lord, which permits them to make rules for carrying on of that business, and to shut out all persons from it who have not served a regular apprenticeship. But the more ambitious boys will not be content with a mere workman's life. They will look forward still further to a time when they shall have saved up money enough to start in business for themselves. Then they too will become masters, with workmen and apprentices under them, and perhaps in course of time, if they grow in wealth and wisdom, they may be elected rulers over the city. So we find the apprentices of the different trades working and dreaming. We leave them to their dreams and pass on. As we wander about, we find many churches and chapels, and perhaps we come after a while to a great cathedral, or bishop's church, rearing its lofty roof to the sky. No pains have been spared to make this as grand and imposing as possible, and we gaze upon its great height with awe, and wonder at the marvellously quaint and clever patterns in which the stone is carved. We leave this also after a time, and then we come to the belfry, or town hall. This is the real centre of the life of the city. Here is the strong square tower, like the donjon of a castle, where the townsmen may make their last stand in case an enemy succeeds in entering their walls, and they cannot beat him back in their narrow streets. On top of the tower is the bell, with watchmen always on the lookout to give the signal in case of fire or danger. The bell is also used for more peaceful purposes, as it gives the signal each morning and evening for the workmen all over the city to begin and to quit work, and it also summons the citizens from time to time to public meetings. Within the tower are dungeons for prisoners, and meeting-rooms for the rulers of the city. There also are strong-rooms where the city money is kept, together with the city seal. Lastly there is the charter, which gives the city its liberties, this is the most precious of all the city possessions. Even in ordinary times the city presents a bustling, busy appearance. If it is a city which holds a fair once or twice a year, what shall we say of it then? For several weeks at such times the city is one vast store. Strange merchants come from all parts of the land, and set up their booths and stalls along the streets, and the city shops are crowded with goods. For miles about the people throng in to buy the things they need. Take a look at the picture of the streets of a city during fair time in the thirteenth century. In the middle of the picture we see a townsman and his wife returning home, after making their purchases. Behind them are a knight and his attendant, on horseback, picking their way through the crowd. On the right-hand side of the street is the shop of a cloth merchant, and we see the merchant and his wife showing goods to customers, while workmen are unpacking a box in the street. Next door is a tavern, with its sign hung out, and near this we see a cross which some pious person has erected at the street corner. On the left-hand side of the street we see a cripple begging for alms. Back of him is another cloth merchant's shop, and next to this is a money-changer's table, where a group of people are having money weighed, to see that there is no cheating in the payment. Beyond this is an elevated stage, on which a company of tumblers and jugglers are performing, with a crowd of people about them. In the background we see some tall roofed houses, topped with turrets, and beyond these 